Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Lightning Mindset podcast. I hope you're all having a wonderful week. It is, I think it's Valentine's Day this weekend. So I hope you've got your roses ready or whatever flowers you're choosing. Um, we have someone today on the podcast. We have a very special guest um, that I'd like to bring on today. Before I introduce her, I just wanted to mention a few things about her. Uh, she is, I guess, to start with, an awesome human being, uh, phenomenal communicator. Uh, she's someone I work with, I think it's been two, three years, roughly. She'll probably tell you how long it's been. Uh, she's a rock climber. She builds tables. I think she's a cat mum. Um, and yeah, her name is Amy Adipraja. Did I pronounce, <laughs> did, did I pronounce that yeah. correctly? Amy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's coming yeah. on, uh, coming on three years now, Forrest. Next is month. It, is it been three years? Wow, gosh. Three years next month. Yeah. I was trying to remember because the last two years have kind of been like one. So it's, you know, doing it's the maths. March 2020, technically. Yeah, yeah, true. That is very true. Um, so I'm bringing on Amy today because I really wanted to have a chat with her um, and basically just share Amy's story, uh, you know, in terms of the journey that we've had together, um, working at Prezi. And yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna sort of hand it over to Amy and yeah, just kind of see, see what sort of information she's got and yeah, Ames, did you want to sort of kick off in terms about how you started at Prezi or even just before that? Yeah. Um, and yeah, just kind of tell us a bit more about yourself. Yeah, thank you, Forrest. Yeah. So there's been a lot of changes. Um, Prezi has been my absolute rock. The job, self-development, everything in between. But before I started at Prezi, though, I was, it's a funny story, actually, how I started at Prezi. I worked at a was in a job, didn't really enjoy it that much. Uh, I traveled three hours to work, um, three hour day, sometimes four hours, depending on the traffic. And uh, a bit naughty, but sometimes I'd sit at a set of traffic lights and they would change six times before I got to the other side of the intersection. Wow. Um, always that much traffic. It's Sydney. It's, it's what happens. And um, I was getting really, really sick of the job I was in. I was in a rut, wasn't happy, a lot of uh, self-doubt. And then I started to be a bit brave. I was a bit brave. And then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. I'm going to apply for other jobs. So sitting at this set of traffic lights, I applied for, <laughs> I applied for jobs on my phone. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I'd be sitting there for 15 minutes waiting to go across. So I'm like, you know what? I'll kill some time. Kill some time. Applied for... Uh, a help desk analyst job at Prezi. And that was at seven o'clock in the morning. And at 10 o'clock, I got a call from the IT director asking for me to come into a phone interview at 12. So they I went- Don't sleep, do they? <laughs> don't sleep, yep. Tech people, start up, it just yeah. doesn't happen. Mm. Um, they called me at 12, had a phone interview, went really well. Then I was called again that afternoon saying, do you want to come in for an in-person interview on Monday? And I was like, shit, okay. This is uh, this is terrifying. I is that, is it Surrey Hills? Did you was it Surrey Hills? Yeah, Surrey Hills. Yep. Yeah, yeah. The little little startup office. Mm. And it's I was stuck in a rut. I didn't have a lot of confidence in myself. And I was just like, you know what? I'm just gonna do it. 
go to the interview, went to the interview on Monday, on the following Monday, and was greeted by a board of people. So the board being the IT director, the CEO, and the two co-founders. And basically that was a rapid fire question to answer interview, um, which gave me the confidence to know that I can answer a question, a technical question if I need to. And a lot of personal questions too about my morals and values. We dug into that a lot about, you know, obviously the people that they employed, they wanted to make sure that they had some good morals and values behind them and they can apply that to their lives. And after I left the interview, I walked out and immediately burst into tears. (laughs) (laughs) Is that that relief or was it kind of like the emotion? It was just the idea that there are still people in this world in places of power who are able to care enough about who works for them and how they feel about life, what their perspectives are, if they're a positive person, um, not just about technical ability, but about you know who they are as a person. And I immediately called my friend and I was like, you know what, if I don't get this job, that's fine because at least I know now that there are people out there who genuinely care and want to watch other people grow. Mm. And then obviously, lo and behold, I got the job and started two weeks later. <laughs> and what, what month was that? What, when was it exactly? I was trying to remember the first time we met. Um, um, March 2019. The 11th was yeah. pretty much the first day of the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fascinating. And then I guess um, since I've started to know you, Ames, you've kind of transitioned into a different role since then. And, yeah, you've just been kicking goals, right, the last couple of years, even with all the C-word madness that's been going on. You've mm. kind of grown from strength to strength. So how's that been for you? Just, I guess, work stuff and then personal, personally, like how's that kind of all sort of come yeah. together? Yeah. Uh- Growth in a sense of professional growth and personal growth. I'm a completely different person uh, to who I was when I first started. So essentially um, learning about the product, selling the product, and then I couldn't stop talking about the product. And then being recognized for that sort of thing gave me a lot of um, new opportunities. And, you know, I, I listen, you know, to you talking about daily habits and things like that. My, my daily habit um is more of a mental thing and has been for quite a few years and that daily habit is just to remind myself to be brave Mm. and being brave is is so so important and that also comes when you know being offered a promotion into a role and trying to ignore the um uh the idea that I'm not the person that they think I am Mm. and um disregarding imposter syndrome and telling myself that I control my thoughts. I can do this if I've been offered the job, if I've been offered a new role, if I've been offered more responsibility, take Mm it, run with it, be brave and just do it. And from then that's moved me from being a help desk analyst to um, I dare say um, in the very near future, a key account manager looking after some of the biggest organizations on planet earth. So (laughs) that's really exciting. It's phenomenal. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I've had the same feelings as you, Ames, in terms of like, you know, the imposter syndrome and that sort of thing. I think it was, I think it was Freud who said like, we suffer more in imagination than we do in reality. So it's kind of, 
it's the stuff that goes on in our head, but it's really, you know, it's all sort of make-believe and that's all sense. And you kind of just have to feel the fear and act anyway. And it sounds like that's exactly. what you've done. That's um, right. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, it's amazing to just kind of transition into that, you know what I mean, into that role. It's been phenomenal. Yeah. Um, and what about how, in terms of like, you know, that's the work stuff, what about like outside of work? I know you mentioned kind of your daily habits of yeah. doing things how's that been for you I guess you know 2020 2021 in terms of working from home you know not being at the office that much yeah how's that been for you it's been a journey it was there were a lot of ups and a lot of downs I'm sure likewise with anybody uh, the first lockdown we had I had gotten into a very strange relationship um, with a man that I met on a dating app and that lasted about two months. Mm. And I think it was trying to just fill the gap there of repetitive work and that's it. And um, he was crazy and that's okay, which is why I ended it. But I also needed a distraction not to go back and make that same bad decision of trying to fill the gap of being at home, living alone. Um, and so that's when I started building I discovered the the love of woodwork and, uh, you know, just having my mind occupied and, of course, listening to podcasts. Mm. I'd spend hours and hours building, thinking about it, enjoying the process and just, you know, if I screw it up, it's okay. <laughs> it's fine. You know, that that's a part of learning. And um, so the first lockdown we had, I spent a lot of my time building <laughs> but that also you know in one aspect I was doing well with work I was doing well with um having that hobby um mm. but my my eating and my my health wise wasn't so great so I gained a lot of weight during that time and although I did discover this love for building and this new hobby um it didn't leave me much time to do things like cook and when you're on your own you don't exactly want to cook all that much it's tricky but, isn't it? they're trying to make meals for, for being a solo so yes. yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah um so yeah that was it then I went through a rough patch of um you know not being able to socialize and you know me forest um bit of a social butterfly when I want to be you're um, I mean you're a fascinating extrovert but you've got those little tiny introvert tendencies that you need to kind of go back into otherwise yeah, yeah, yeah I actually it's like yeah I found this um, interesting fact uh, by Dr. Huberman. Um, he's really good. I, I look him up. He's great. He mm -hmm. mentioned things about uh, being introvert, introverts and extroverts and how the idea that people think that extroverts get serotonin from and, and dopamine from being social, but mm -hmm. that could potentially not be the case. It's the people who... Um, get enough dopamine into their system for gratification with small amounts of interactions. Mm. Whereas people who need uh, more social interactions who are, would be considered extroverts, um, they don't get enough dopamine. Mm. And I don't think that's necessarily something that is uh, set for life in a human being. People say, oh, I'm an extrovert or I'm an introvert. I think there's a bit of both in everybody. Yeah. And for myself especially, I discovered that I am finding more satisfaction getting that serotonin, getting that dopamine into my system by enjoying time on my own, mm. whether that be building um, 
and now, you know, having the habit of getting into cycling at home, um, being uh, satisfied with being by myself and in my thoughts when I need to be. And that's when I think most of the best progression comes from because after being forced into not socialing, socialising and being at home all the time, I've actually done the best for myself than I have in my whole life. Um, as you know, I've lost uh, 12 kilos <laughs> almost um, and built up uh, my repertoire of more daily habits, which is cycling, which mm -hmm. is um, putting better thoughts into my head and, and planning my day which is an absolute necessity, obviously, in the industry that we're in, in the jobs that we do, we have to plan our day. And that's something I've gotten a lot better at um, and planning my meals and planning what I do in my downtime and also planning where I put my thoughts and where I don't put my thoughts, the things that I pay attention to and the things that are completely okay to ignore, mm. like negativity, like, you know, uh, picking up things and putting things in my brain that don't necessarily need to be there. Mm, mm. Yeah, no, I mean, you've, you've done so well, like considering with the, with everything that's happened and like, you know, what you mentioned in terms of, you know, losing all that weight and, um, you know, learning to build things, put things together, you know, they, yeah, like, cry, like with crisis, it can be so hard. Like, you know, it, it can really sort of correct, you know, it re reveals someone's character, I feel. You can either go one way or the other. And it's the same with your emotions and thoughts and that sort of thing. Like, you know, it's, in terms of planning and stuff, it's so important to plan. Like, it's good to not have plans, but it is really good to plan. Because if you if you don't, you're going to fail, right? Um, and with your emotions, if you can sort of work on, like, prioritising and executing the, the sort certain thoughts that you have and just going one by one, you can really sort of, you know, come through that. But... Yeah, that's, I mean, it's fascinating. So you must have been, you would have been smashing the bike, right? I remember you got a new one. Did you, you got rid of the old one? And yeah. Then you've been, you've been on every day, every evening. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. I think um, talking about keeping, making plans, it doesn't have to be, or, you know, planning your day or being one of those people. Um, unlike yourself, I'm not great at waking up early. Early. I'm not a, I'm not a morning person, but there are things that I want to do that are daily habits that I get the most out of my day and are sustainable. That is the most important thing to me that if I'm going to form a new habit, it has to absolutely 100% be sustainable. Otherwise there's no way in hell I'm going to do it. Yeah. Like I'm not going to do it. And same goes with the bike. Like I promised myself that I would do, you know, little bit by little bit and then slowly increase. So at the moment I'm doing, you know, maybe four times a week, but only half an hour. Nice. That's as long as an episode of something on YouTube or Netflix or whatever. If mm. I just stick to that half an hour at minimum three times a week, then I can increase it to an hour three times a week or an hour four times a week. And mm. the reason why I am so set on the bike, I tried the running thing. Uh, I don't know how you do it, but... I was running in the morning. I was getting up. I was running. And then by after 25, 30 minutes, I'm walking and I'm just wanting to get home. And obviously in Sydney, it's a little warmer than it is in Melbourne. So sometimes first thing in the morning, it's like 18 degrees. Mm. I'm not cut out for that. 
But with the bike, it is more sustainable because I can do it at any point in time, any time of the day. It doesn't matter what the weather is. There is absolutely no excuse not to do it. Yeah. And that's how I have formed that habit and I've kept it up. And I absolutely love it because if I'm feeling like I have more energy, I won't watch anything on Netflix. I won't watch anything on YouTube. Mm. Um, I will just put my headphones in and I'll push myself as hard as I can for as long as I can and do some high intensity interval training um, for a longer period of time. And I've obviously seen some really good results. It's amazing. Yeah. And you need to find what works best for you. Like running, you know, honestly, running is really not good for your legs and knees, especially if you're doing a lot of it. So cycling makes more sense. But for some people, that might not be it as well. You need to like just keep knocking on the door and finding something that is going to kind of, you know, you know, get your, your juices flowing in that sort of yep. sense. And yeah, I mean, even just, you know, knowing that you do the cycling four days a week for 30 minutes, you know, you've got it set up somewhere in your room. Like um, Jay Shetty, he's got a really good quote where he says like, location has energy, time has memory. So when you do things, you know, at the same point, you know, it basically, there's an energy to it. And then if you do it at the same time, there's a memory to it as well. And, you know, humans are creatures of habit in that sort of sense as well. So if you can make the habit as easy as possible, like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it, you're just going to, you're going to flow into it so much more, but yeah. I mean, you should be so proud of yourself to, I mean, you know, like to, to form those new habits because it can be tricky because most people just jump off. We've all done it. We've started something and then we've just mm-hmm. like quit, you know? So, yeah. And that's uh, another thing when it comes to, being brave you can try something and if you don't like it it's not a fail it's not a fail at all you may hate it like I and with rock climbing for example Mm. um I I did start it several like maybe five years back where I was doing it a little bit and then I was just like I don't I don't think I like it that much and then how did you get into it what was the sort of like the, the the entrance to rock climbing world my my friend and I we were both heavily heavily single Mm. with absolutely nothing to do and there'd be days where we'd sit in the nights where we'd sit in the car at like three o'clock in the morning and talk until the sunrise that kind of when you're at that age you early 20s and you just kind of do whatever we're just like you know what let's let's be rock climbers let's start rock climbing (laughs) we did it a couple times and I was just like I don't I really don't think I like this Mm. and then so I, I stopped and then I started you know a Two, two years back, I started thinking about it again because I'm just like, I'm not a sporty person, but I love a challenge. I'm extremely, extremely competitive. And that is something I'm learning about myself. And people usually associate that with sport, but I think it's competitiveness against myself. Mm. And I'm like, what can I do that is requires technicality? It requires skill. It requires strength. It requires stamina but it's not competing against another person and I'm not going to be running 30 kilometers away from my house to beat a personal best time. I'm like, you know, what? I'll give rock climbing another go. Lo and behold, I found a, a friend of a friend who um, he's actually uh, in the, in the Navy and he's been in the Navy for half of his life and he's, he's hitting 40 now. So he's been in there a long time and he's very, very fit guy. And basically it was scary for me again, going back to those have that habit of being brave. I was just like, you know, I'm sure that this guy, he's going to push me. 
having been in <laughs> in defense for so long. Um, but I'll give it a go. I'll go with him if I hate the fact that he's pushing me um, or I feel intimidated by him. Um, I'll stop and I'll find another climbing buddy and I'll give it another go. Um, but sure enough, I loved the pressure. I love the pressure when I'm up on the wall. I'm <laughs> was, he, was he quite, was he quite um, full on? Like what was his approach to helping you? He's great. He um, at first was just more trying to teach me the ropes figuratively and literally. I was going to say. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> yeah. And eventually I think once he kind of gauged how, how I respond to pressure that's when he started to get really tough because as I said I'm a competitive person but I'm competitive against myself mm. and some there'd be some days where I'd be doing a really um, complicated climb and it was maybe the fifth climb of the day when I'm really tired my fingers are bleeding <laughs> and I'd want to come down because I couldn't complete the climb and he'd be look I'd look down at him and I'd be like you know like down I want to go down and he'd just be like nope. wow nope. you're not coming down and I'm like up on the wall, sweating, dripping in sweat. Everything hurts. And I have no skin left on my fingers and I'm just done. And he's just like, no, you're not coming down. So after a bit of arguing internally with myself, um, then I'd completed a lot of really good climbs from that pressure. And it's, it's funny because when you tell yourself, you know, I do have this external um, noise telling me that, you you can't quit but mm. most of it came from you know in my brain trying to tap into my <laughs> neuroplasticity and just be like if I just give it a go just try just keep mm. going just keep going and then now you know I'm I'm pretty high up there when it comes to difficulty of climbing but there's always so much to learn so yeah I, I mean it's amazing you, you kind of want to be around you know you mentioned the Navy SEAL guy you want to be around people that are like you know really good like much better than than yourself like even for myself for running I'm trying to get around like those elites and like because once you're around those people you can learn so much like it can be anyone in life right you kind of want to be, be around people that are kind of in such a crazy level and it doesn't have to be monetary but you'll learn so much and I'm sure like since you've started you're probably like a pro right I reckon you probably enter some some competitions do they do competitions yeah there are competitions but I think it's more there are so many different types of climbing there's mm. top rope which is mainly what I do um and I'm starting to get good enough at that where I can just do lead climbing where you hook yourself onto the wall as you go up there's no top rope that pulley that holds you you have to rely on your own strength and then eventually, you know, they're, they're more complicated climbs, more different types of climbing. Um, and for me, that's where I want to be in a couple of years' time. I want to be doing canyoning um, in the wilderness in Peru or something like that. That's the goal. Um, what about, um, what's that one in uh, in uh, LA, that 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 big cliff? What's the, uh, Dawn, uh, what, the Dawn Wall? The... Yeah, Dawn Wall. No, thank yeah. you. No. That one looks, yeah, that looks pretty, pretty intense. <laughs> that's, a, that's a pass from me. I think maybe I'll, I'll fly over in a helicopter and have a look and that's as close as I'll get. Yeah, have a little look and then find another one on, yeah, your, way, yeah, yeah, on your way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's funny when you surround yourself with people. Um, I think a lot of people find that they get that sense of intimidation 
um, or, you know, someone might be talking themselves up when about something that they're very good at, or you know that someone's good at something, uh, you know, whether it be running or their job, they're a CEO, they're a, you know, <laughs> investment banker or something like that. A lot of people tend to push push those people away because they don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear these people talking about themselves, but Mm. clearly they've done something to get them to a point that has made them so successful that they just immerse themselves in that thing. And Mm -hmm. there's so much learning from that. And I know that for me personally, um, growing up, I, uh, you know, my father, for example, is one of those people. He has a little sense of arrogance, a little sense of, um, he knows best. And when it came to other, you know, successful people, he, he didn't want to hear a bar of what they said because he has that sense of arrogance and mm. um, wanting to push away what these other, other successful people are trying to tell you or, you know, just disregarding their experience and how they got there rather than being interested and learning about it and saying, you know, maybe what this successful person that you know or you see or you've heard of maybe what they're doing is not exactly what you want to do but Mm. how did they get there and how can you apply that process to your own life and I've learned that with yourself I'm watching what you do and your mindset and learning about all of that you know people at work um basically the CEO being a second father to me and just (laughs) drawing from him all of his information and knowledge and obviously the people in our team and my mate that I go climbing with, all of those sorts of things you can apply to yourself in, you know, maybe 10% of what they do. And Yeah, you're so bang on, Ames. And, I mean, you learn from, you know, whether it's, you know, the top and bottom of where, you know, everyone, whoever is in the chart, wherever it is, I don't really care where you fit. Like it's more you can learn from anyone whether it's the ceo or you know the intern like it's it's all about trying you know what i mean like trying to learn as much as you can and i think another really good thing is like you can have someone you can like look up to like whether it's like your navy seal you know the coach that's a bit better you can learn from him you can have a running buddy where you're kind of on the same level and you're competing and then you can have someone that you know might need some help so it's kind of like you want to sort of be around you know, three different types of people as a person and where can you sort of give back in that sort of sense too. But yeah, I mean, it sounds like you've, you've learned a lot in the last, yeah, couple yeah. of years. Yeah. Um, and what's yeah. the, what is, what is the plan for like 2022 and beyond? Like what is your, I don't want to say goal, but what's your like mm-hmm. putting work aside? What's your sort of target? What do you want to do? Yeah. Like where, where by the end of this year, what would you be like? All right, I'm so I'm glad I'm you know got that done, or you know, yeah, something like that. What would it be? The obvious one um, is work. Uh, I've, I'm you know I'm aiming to be growing the accounts that I look after, and you know you, you think I could say the name of one of my clients and any person in any corner of the globe would know who they are. And I'm on my way to doing that now. Um, And I have a few of them, but work is something that I will always um, prioritize easily because that's where I found the most, um, that success from work I've applied to my personal life. Mm -hmm. Um, So work, obviously that is the obvious one, but one thing that I have did not do enough of, 
um, in the last couple of years. And that's not just due to COVID. That is um, just getting caught up in life and that's getting out into the wilderness. Um, mm. you know, I, I think it's so important and we're very lucky living where we live in yeah. Australia. You know, mm. you go four hours west and you're in a desert. You go four hours south or, you know, Tassie or something like that and you're in the snow or go up north and you're in a tropical paradise and I really want to take advantage of that whether it be um hiking or you know camping camping and hiking both going hand in hand I really want to do climbing in there as well if you oh yeah absolutely (laughs) yeah yeah definitely and yeah I think just um those sorts of things like there are a lot there were a lot of times last year where I craved um, a sense of me time and not thinking about um, planning my day with regards to my job um, because it's something that I love. It's easy for me to spend a lot of time working. Mm. And that aside, I think I can still get so much gratification out of really slowing down as you, as you say, is it slow down to speed up? Yeah. Um, and that's something that I really didn't do enough of and I haven't done enough of in the last couple of years. And that's not going in, um, going and getting a facial or my nails done or having some me time, you know, going to the movies. It's really putting myself out into the wilderness and physically removing myself from the current um, environment that I'm in. Mm. And that comes with rewiring your brain, completely mm. removing yourself out of that rewiring your brain, being out in the middle of nowhere and forcing yourself to be present in the moment out in nature. And there's no better way to do that than to, to be in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> uh, that, yeah, no, I totally agree. It's uh, definitely something I'd like to do more this year is kind of a bit more screen breaks in that sort of sense. Um, because, yeah, they're just, there's too many of them, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. do you remember back in the day when your parents would say, you know, you'd be sat in front of the TV and they're like, don't sit so close to the screen. And now everyone's just like screaming. You'll get square eyes. I think we've all got square eyes now. (laughs) Yes, great. No one says anything anymore about don't sit too close to the screen. Like that's disappeared. So yeah, yeah, nature sounds like a, a brilliant idea for this year. I mean, especially when we were able to actually kind of move around a bit more and that sort of thing. So um. Yeah, and there's a cool. sense of being uncomfortable as well. You don't have your creature comforts. Mm. You know, you don't you don't always have something that you can charge your phone with. You don't always have a lot of, you know, all the warmth that mm. you would have in your house. And we're all very familiar with our with our houses these days. So <laughs> take away a few of those elements, whether it be the light. Um, Even the map, have. right? Like you can't, so you almost can't get lost anymore. Yeah. Exactly. Remember, people used to get lost and like I don't know. We, we go left, yeah. we go right. Whereas you can just look yeah. on, your, on your phone and yeah. Well, lucky, lucky, I know how to read a normal map, um, normal map without tilting it. You no. know, having a sense of north, east, south, and west by looking around, that sort <laughs> of thing. Yeah, I think that's really important. Um, to just disconnect for yeah. a decent amount of time and do it frequently because. Yeah. Being stuck in your own thoughts is can be bad, but it can also be very good as well when you're in an environment where you're not dwelling on your current issues or your current problems. You're mm. out 
you're out somewhere else and your your, your new issue is going to be making sure that you don't get rained on or mm. making sure your tent doesn't collapse. <laughs> <laughs> touch words, touch words. Yeah. All right. And then I was going to ask you one more question before we sort of uh, wrap it up. In terms of if, if you were to say like, all right, this was, you know, this thing was the most beneficial thing for me during that that sort of last two years, what would one thing be you would share with people that might be struggling or, you know, like mm. something that would help them with their their mental health, I guess? What would, mm. what would the one thing you would say would be for it? I think when you are at home a lot mm. and you're working from home, or you're, you know, I don't know, or if you do go to work and you catch public transport or something like that, use, please try and use your time wisely, whether it be mm. one day a week instead of sitting in front of the TV and watching Netflix, which I have wholly been guilty of, mm. you know, or YouTube or whatever. Mm. Try and spend one day a week where in the afternoon you do something else. You don't have to be exercising. You could be doing a puzzle or reading or painting or something and that is a part of being brave delving into the unfamiliar building yourself a hobby you know try maybe a different thing every week half an hour to an hour in the afternoon just doing something different it doesn't have to be a big thing just a little thing and then maybe you might find an absolute crazy passionate hobby of yours and that could become a life habit I love it. That's amazing. And yeah, I kind of, I, it does seem like it all goes back to being brave, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Like you were saying and trying, it's almost like giving yourself a bit of brain gym. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Or doing a puzzle or doing something slightly different. Yeah. Um, it's going to, yeah, it's going to be beneficial. And it's not hard. It's not hard to spend an hour out of your day every week, just trying something new, mm. um, giving your brain a bit of an exercise and yeah, possibly finding a lifelong hobby in the yeah. process. You might turn into like a 500,000 piece puzzle sort of. <laughs> speed puzzling, a speed, speed puzzler. puzzler. <laughs> uh, awesome, Ames. Um, well, is there anything else you'd like to share or is there somewhere, if you, would you like to share your details if someone wants to say like, Thanks. It was so yeah. nice to hear your voice. What, what, what's the best, best contact? Um, find me on Instagram. Uh, my first name is spelt wrong. It's A-M-E-E, not A-M-Y. So it's A-M-E-E dot L dot A. That's my oh, Instagram handle. Don't worry. I'll, put that, I'll put that in the, the description of the, of the podcast. And touch wood, I don't actually spell that wrong either. So... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Fozza. That's all right. It was lovely talking to you. um, And we shall leave it like that. Thanks, Mr. Robert.